anyway, let's get started. Uh, should I stop playing? Uh, well, you don't have to. Tiddles and I were bounding around the idea of continuing our Saints Row 3 <laughs> game while we did this today. <laughs> I might. I think I'm about to fight a boss, so I'd, I'd have to concentrate for that. Boss battles in this game is, are hard. That might actually be funny, though. <laughs> it's, it's like you'll much. be. I don't you know. Might... You'll be. You'll be talking about the 2DS or something, and I'll be. And I'll just like break in. Son of a. Well, if... yeah, that's what I was just thinking. That would be the difficult. <laughs> what you could do is um, oh, just make sure. There. Make sure anything you say that's related Ooh. to the game, you do it in a different voice. So, <laughs> and then we can just go. And our fourth person in the concast this week is Crazy Uncle Albert. Hi, guys. You my name's Albert, Crazy and I'm so excited to be here with my nephews. <laughs> <laughs> and then all you hear from Uncle Albert is just every now and again, "Oh God damn it!" <laughs> so, oh God damn it! These, these stupid flying buzzards. That's a pretty good voice. I like no, it. It's, I'm, I actually, am, uh, I am going to stop. I think I might want to check a guide because I'm sure the treasure is missing, and that does not sit well with me. So there you go. Right, so, I can't. I'm no longer concentrating on yes or ease. E- ease. Y S. I don't know if I like it's it. Like all these things that just kind of deviate, like. Newbies became noobs, and then you got the weird ones like knobs and nabs that just make no sense. Nabs? <laughs> That's a new one to me. Yeah, we used, yeah, to, get we used to get that in dead. Left 4 Dead. Yeah. Oh. Nabs. I don't really. I, and it, it wasn't, trying and failing to be trendsetters. It wasn't like that limited of a thing either. And it, no, not like once it or surprising. twice we heard this. It was, yeah. I don't know if it was like a specific country like Germans say nabs or something. Yeah. And once again, we've uh, got to the point where we're going to have to cut like 20 minutes off of the front of Concast before oh, yeah. we actually start any Concast. Recording? I thought that was you, sat, you doing the intro. So I was being That was me doing the intro. We are actually in the recording oh, okay. as of right now. That is how Why? smooth I am. You didn't even know. Apparently, I'm going to be fighting the boss. <laughs> See? That, that was my point all along. <laughs> no, it turns out I basically found everything in the dungeon. No, none of that is going to make any sense when we edit this together, so that'll be great. Sure. <laughs> I love it um, when people spell dungeon without the, the O in it, so it's just like dungan. Dungan? I, I would like to spell it more like Dungeness Crab. Dungan Donuts. <laughs> America runs on Dungan. God. Man, Do you, you guys have bot- Dunkin' Donuts you... over there? I don't know. You should. I think so. So it, we, we definitely Josh, have... you're, in, you're in the Boston area, so there are approximately... Like maybe eighteen Dunkin' Donuts in your neighborhood. Um, I can get to four with a ten-minute drive from my house, yeah. and I live out in the country. I, once uh, I uh, once I uh, was when I was in the college band, I we played at the BC game, and we stood in the, we went and stopped at the Dunkin' Donuts, and by standing in the parking lot of one, you could see two others. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's it's like Starbucks out here. Uh, I'm well, obviously the company started out here. Uh, I think or I don't have my area doesn't have any originator things except for five guys I guess which is a good one and there's there's a ton of five guys here now too Yeah, five guys are exploding it's a great it's like five, five guys in and out is the greatest <laughs> east coast west coast battle of all time Five guys tittles is a uh, burger joint that is like really good and really greasy Oh yeah and really entertaining to go to it's a great name. It's just like five guys are exploding, and I'm like, why? <laughs> we are smoking this Concast already. There's, mm. there's loads of Tesco's around where I am. Because I was gonna, <laughs> as I was out for lunch with a girl, because um, I'm awesome. I was. She was like, well, you, you, you want to get some lunch? Oh, I'll just go to Tesco. And she's like, 
Is the one that way? And I was like, no, it's that way, isn't it? Oh, there's one both ways. Look, there's one <laughs> at the end of the road there and one at the oh, end of the road man. there. Tiddles, you are a regular Casanova. Boom. Yeah, I know. I'm. It's my self-deprecating humor that wins them over because it's really you the You and your bad Tesco's and knowledge. sends them back to their men. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. as you probably gathered by now, we've only got three right now due to scheduling snafus. Uh, if may... any of that is not going to be cut. Oh, I know. I think that stuff's awesome. What? That's probably better oh, than anything yeah. else we're going to talk about. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I could have sworn we were going to just cut all this again and start talking about, you know, video games or something. Yeah, nobody really cares when we talk about video games, it turns out. That's <laughs> we'll talk about fast food. Yeah. People, and video gamers love fast food. It'll be perfect. Uh, <laughs> about girls a bit more. like <laughs> So joining me today are Laz uh... and Tittles. Laz, since you quit playing to record <laughs> Concast, what are you playing right now? Was it worth um, it? Yeah. Uh, I'm experimenting with uh, a couple East games. That's Y-S, East. Yes. I got a bunch of them in the Steam sale, or I guess three of them, and uh, East 1 is weird, and I'm not sure if I like it, but East Oath and Felgana is excellent, and I'm going to see through that to the end. See that through to the end. It's I think you should pronounce it ease. Ease. Well, it's it's sort of weird. I mean, I was aware of the East games uh, growing up. Like, um, there was at least one on the SNES, and I think one of my friends that had a uh, a Turbo Graphics had one. But it, it's confusing to figure out which one, what the order is, because like three different companies made them, and so, and some of them had an attack button, and some of them you attacked by just running into enemies. <laughs> And uh, that's why I have difficulty with with East One because they still have that in East in this East One remake on Steam, where if you run directly into an enemy, then you deal damage to each other. But if you run into them at an angle, so it's like shoulder to shoulder, then you just deal damage to them. So it's basically the whole game is just artfully running around trying to hit enemies at an angle instead of head on. That's the entire game. And, and I don't if know you if run I'll into like... them from behind, you get a criminal record. I was yeah. following you up till you tried to tell me that someone had a turbo graphics. I just don't believe that for a second. <laughs> now I'm never going to trust anything you say again. This is the same guy that had a Neo Geo, and he he seemed to have like he was the third party in the great in the grand Sony's uh, or Sega Nintendo wars because he was he just had all the off the wall things. <laughs> he also had a 3DO. Oh man! Yeah. So who, Why would you do that? Yeah. That's just punishment. Maybe his parents didn't like him. I don't know. What Do you have he... an Atari Jaguar? I don't. I don't know. <laughs> I don't. I don't remember any Ataris at his house. But he. Well, anyway, yeah. Um, the East games are neat, and Oath and Felgana is a remake of East Three, and it's great, and you should play it. And I makes me want to play more. That's all. That's how you wrap it... up all of your updates. Okay. Oh, it makes me want to play more. <laughs> yeah. You know, we, I just we, want to finish this game, and you should drop play it. it. You, you, you know what? Don't play this game. Play. I want all the East all to myself. All the yeast. <laughs> All the yeast. All the yeast. I'm just, I'm just baking bread here. Oh lord. Tiddles, you can tell us now about Saints Row Four. It's cool. Um, yeah. I, did, did Neil talk about it last time? I mean, um, I listened to the last one. Was I, it out? I don't know. Was it? I think, I think it was right before it came out that we recorded last time. I. Oh, okay. What did Neil talk about? I played about Saints Row Four, and it's good fun. And you run and never get in a car apart from the missions where you have to get in a car and you punch things really hard and there's burning and electrocution and 
Professor Genki, and it's it's a good it's a good. The interesting thing is, um, because of the kind of uh, you probably have heard by now, it's kind of a little bit out there in the sense it's kind of set in a simulation. It's kind of a game within a game, possibly within another game. And the way they can sort of play with the characteristics of the world, given that it doesn't have to um, conform to reality, it not only allows all this superpower business, but it allows them to have some creative solutions uh, to things that don't always work very well in open world games. And the example I was talking about with, with Neil earlier was the Wardens. Now, if you traditionally, obviously, in a GTA-style game, if you do naughty things, then you'll upset the police, and the police will get increasingly angry as you do naughty and naughty things, and you end up in a big chase with explosions and fire and guns. And then you get to a sort of high-wanted level, and you've basically got two choices. You can carry on until you die, or you can just hide, which is kind of difficult when you've got that high of a wanted level. Um, Saints Row 4 kind of solves it by throwing this massive guardian monster at you instead of all the stuff that's been attacking you previously when you get to the top wanted level. And if you manage to get rid of that, the whole world around you just snaps back into complete normality. Uh, and as much as that's occasionally irritating when you're trying to complete something like a weapons-based challenge, it is quite a nice way to get that kind of uh, building, intense, police-chasey sort of gameplay and just round it off and let you get on with something else without having to just wuss out or, or get murdered. Um, and obviously, Superpowers are nice as well. So, you, uh, so Have you played yeah. the Infamous games? The No, I haven't. Um, well, I like them quite a bit. They're PS3 exclusive games, basically GTA with superpowers. But uh, um, oh. the I mean, uh, no, no, they're they're good. But um, I, basically, what I've heard about Saints Row Four is that it unapologetically borrows things from a lot of different successful games, like Infamous and yeah. Mass Effect and whatnot. But the overall package is so absurd and entertaining <laughs> and just well constructed that it, it's really awesome. That's true, and the way it borrows stuff is is quite firmly tongue tongue in cheek for the most part. Right. There's barely anything you'd ever accuse it of kind of just it's ripping it off. It's more of a kind of homage parody. You can kind of draw that line with it quite easily. Um, and for a game that is so unashamedly silly and at times crude, it is pretty well written and acted. And there are, you know, a lot of these a lot of games that take a, a real kind of absurdist angle are just not that funny, apart from the kind of slight kind of meme-related, you know, oh yeah, that's that thing from the other thing. But it's actually quite amusing in its own right, especially if you pick Male 3, which is the best voice, because it's the English voice, and it's just... It's, what did you say about it, Josh? It's it's like you're in a... Um, it's like you're in a Guy Ritchie Yeah, film. exactly. Yeah. And that just makes it perfect. Yeah. And I know that because I'm currently playing Saints Row 3 with Kittles yep. because I've so, had it forever and haven't really played yeah. it all that so, much. So you occasionally get to hear the my um, awesome yes. geezer voice. Yes, exactly. Well, the the other game I'm playing that I just want to call out really quickly because uh, when we talked about the sequelitis in the last episode, I mentioned uh, yearly iterations of sports games. So which yes. yearly iteration are you playing? <laughs> so it turned out that... Um, 
like the day we launched that episode, I got an email from Origin saying <laughs> that uh, FIFA 12 was on sale for $6. So I said, okay, <laughs> and now I have FIFA 12, and I've been playing it. Oh, I'm so disappointed in you. <laughs> well, I was I felt really dirty buying a game on Origin, but yeah. for six bucks, I, that's, a, that's a pretty good deal. I, you know, I've gotten six bucks worth out six of it already. Six bucks and your immortal soul. Uh, yeah, well, I really wasn't using the immortal soul too much, so I figure it's kind of in hock. I might be able to get it back later. Yeah. No. No. Okay. <laughs> you should. Um. You should have sold it for some Alf pogs. <laughs> I should have sold it for a donut. Remember Alf? Alf's back in pog form. <laughs> okay, I get that now. I love that episode. That took a second. I love so many of those old episodes. <laughs> anyway, carry on. Yeah. Oh, I'm. I'm actually done. I think we can get into our actual real life topic. Everything's coming up, Millhouse. so our actual topic today (laughs) um we're gonna start out with uh some of the new you know console-y handheld-y type news that's been coming out over the last couple weeks especially from sony but uh, nintendo have made some waves recently as well and uh well they've they've made waves in their own nintendo-ish way (laughs) In that uh, sort so, of way that everybody just kind of shrugs and can't understand a, a thing they do anymore. Yeah, exactly. You, you, yeah, you kind of look at them like your crazy old uncle. <laughs> uh, yeah, they do what they do, and you know, you either take it or you leave it. Um, but I'm gonna let Laz lead that discussion because I think he knows the most about it. <laughs> so, Tittles and I can follow along and nod our heads. Uh, sure. Well, um, last weekend, which might be two weekends ago by the time this comes out. Uh, Sony did a pre-TGS conference. Uh, TGS is the Tokyo Game Show, which takes place next weekend. And basically... Cool a- calling it TIGS. Sure. Well, anyway, Sony did a pre-TIGS press conference showing off some of the things that will be on the show floor at TGS to, you know, build up hype for a week and a half or so and uh, get people and their with their questions ready for more, hopefully, more information revealed at TGS. And uh, among the things they talked about were um, a number of new games released, like uh, that are coming out at least, such as uh, I'm just looking at a list here. Most a lot of Vita stuff, like God Eater Two and a new Fantasy Star game, and uh, Capcom's Deep Down game, which is sort of a sort of a, a fantasy RPG of sorts with randomly generated maps. And, but the real big news, well, there were three major pieces of news. One was a Vita redesign, which is going to be slimmer and come in six colors. <gasps> then there is a... Uh, the You don't get to pick the colors. It's, you know, no, no, no. puce. No, you have to get them in booster packs, and you hope to get the color that you want. <laughs> and then there's the rare one out of 64 pink Vita. Yeah, they're, they're going to put them in a vending machine, yeah. and they're blind boxed when they come out. <laughs> Yeah, so, and uh, the second big announcement was the Vita TV, which is a tiny little device that looks smaller than a lot of paperback books. That's good. Is that it costs only about a hundred dollars, and you uh, it connects to a Vita and your TV and allows you to play any Vita, uh, like a large number of Vita, PSN, and PS1 games on a TV, and it also runs 
your basic media apps like Netflix and Hulu Plus. I'm not. I, it, it's unclear whether you need a Vita for it if you just can use a television because it says it, you can use a PS3 or PS4 controller the v, the TV and use it to play Vita games on your TV. But it's it's hard to say exactly what's required in order to get the most out of it. Yeah, it, yeah I, I would imagine that means anything that's on PSN you might be able to play. Um, uh, the, in theory, yes. Right now, there's a list of compatible ones that they're going to keep yeah. updating. But it's it's a lot of the a lot of the big PSN stuff. I, I remember yeah, I, mean, I remember that the list didn't include uh, uh, Zero Escape, Virtue's Last Reward, which is a Vita game that I'm interested in. But oh, it's, well, in that case, well, I know. Well, then it's <laughs> then the deal's off. But anyway, there's yeah. still hope because they're going to continue adding to the you know emulated compatibility list. And it looks like a neat device if you have a Vita, or per, or perhaps even a cheap alternative for someone that doesn't want to buy a Vita. Well, but yeah, it's, un, it's unclear exactly what you need for it. We'll we'll know more about it at TGS. The thing, the thing I was reading just I clicked on here says you you don't need anything really. You just need it and a TV and a controller, and it just plays Vita stuff on a nice big screen for you. That's yeah, th- well, that's a possibility. Thing that says not all Vita games will be supported. I'm going to take anyway. some heat from Tittles by drawing this comparison. And oh, I'm you sure bet he's... you are. Whatever it is, is it? Yeah. You're going to talk about Apple? Yeah, I am. I am oh, because because man. what this what this sounds like is an Apple TV that has the added benefit of being able to play your Vita games. Which, if you have a Vita, that would make, you know, that choice, if you were looking to make one, a total non-brainer. Not non-brainer, yeah. A total no-brainer. Because, um, well, at least the Apple TV I have, I don't know if they ever got around to upgrading it in a later iteration or not, but it only outputs 720p, and um, the only uh, media market that it has on it is Apple's own, you know, the iTunes store. And um, that sort of thing, you know, I'm happy that I have one. It's come in very useful to me over time, but I would never get another one. If I had a Vita, I would absolutely be looking at getting a Vita TV over a Apple TV, or even possibly a Roku, depending on, you know, what other capabilities this Vita TV ends up having. Well, All right, well, well okay, okay. I'm, I'm, look, I'm looking up the Vita TV's uh, uh, stat specs right now. It has a USB 2.0 port, a Vita game slot, HDMI output at 720p and 1080i, and uh, a gig of built-in memory and a slot for additional memory. And uh, that looks like about it. It's, and uh, it costs about $100. And for, so uh, that, so it's, that it's, internal... Uh, how much, how much is a, does an Apple TV cost? 100 bucks. Yeah, so it's about the same functionality as that and more functionality than a, than a Roku or a Raspberry Pi or something. Well, no, yeah, and that, that's also what a top-end Roku costs right. now. Mm, I guess. The interesting thing is, though, it, um, we were talking, well, we've talked a few times about the Xbox One and where they're trying to, or certainly that first conference where they were really trying to aim the TV and media features, and my whole kind of problem with that was that you could get a set-top box that does all the TV-related stuff a lot cheaper without having an Xbox Live subscription or having to pay a load of money for a games console. But this is in the right bracket for that, and it also works as a kind of cheap console to rival the kind of uh, the cheapy Android stuff that started yeah, to like knew, float yeah. around. So this this is quite interesting. This could... It, it may do well and it may not, but it's it's certainly in an interesting place that 
yeah, some I, things kind yeah, of it's, it seems, <laughs> We're not it's, disagreeing. Yeah, it seems to be sort of in an interesting... Like, it's that it's that weird space in between a Sony console, a media device like a Roku, and, you know, the old Super Game Boy or Game Boy player yeah. for the GameCube. It's Absolutely. And at, at a it's price a, point like that, which I think is reasonable, it yeah. is... I think it probably... If it works as advertised, it would be a worthy accessory. Yeah, but absolutely. I think I the, the key point is the, is the price, and I think that will, if they can kind of expose it enough, and if there is kind of enough, you know, decent beta gamery to be had out there. I mean, PSN stuff obviously helps. Then that that could make a decent. It's almost like the um, like the slim PS One was. It's a kind of just budget game system that you can just throw a, a decent classic library on in the sense of mm-hmm. able yeah. to run PSN stuff on it. So yeah, that, I mean, that could I, work. I, I think the biggest but, thing that's going to happen with this is going to be how they market it. Yeah. If they, I, The fact that they're calling it the Vita TV would actually worry me a little bit because I think <laughs> you're going to get the, the less knowledgeable group that is not going to understand that it is a competitor for a Roku or an Apple TV, but has the capability of also playing a set of games. And if they go down that path too far, you know, their sales are probably going to suffer for it. If they put it on the same shelf next to those two other devices and like, yeah, we do Netflix, we do Amazon Instant, we do Hulu, and we can play 50 Vita games or 100 PSN games. And that, I think you move you, it, more units. Yeah, it depends where who you're kind of targeting primarily. I mean, if you're targeting kind of low-end cheap console market and saying, look, we can also do a bunch of stuff you don't have to buy one of those boring-ass other boxes for, <laughs> then that could be a, a kind of hit as well in, you know, in a different way. It depends whether you're trying to market as as a TV device that has games on the side or a games device that has TV on the side. So, we don't know if the West is getting this. It's... um. Its price point is 9,900 yen or something, and, and Japan is getting it on, in November. But I'm going to use this as a bit of a segue. It, it seems like this might just be appeasing Japanese gamers, because the third <laughs> Sony announcement at that pre-conference was that, they, that Japan is not getting the PlayStation 4 until February. Oh, I heard and, about that. Yeah, and uh, how is that possible? I don't know. The United States, is, the United States is getting the PS4 in mid-November, and then Europe is getting it two weeks later. The uh, Japanese not celebrate Christmas. No, they. Oh, everybody celebrates I, I, no, Christmas. No, they do. They even call they even call him <laughs> Santa-san. Oh, Lord. Yeah. oh, nice. But not Father Xmas or whatever they say it over there. Father uh, Xmas, son. Sure. So, so anyway, the um, reaction to that, uh, of course, has been negative. Um, uh, some Jap- some people are rationalizing it by saying, oh, they're just making sure that the launch library is better, they're getting it ready for the Japanese release, and just trying to cash in on the West's holiday season. And those people aren't wrong, but it's a little bit... Uh, a little bit weird that the Japanese a, company is is ignoring the Japanese market a little bit. It's an odd thing. It reminds me a bit of Sega because the um, a lot of the Sonic games used to turn up much later in Japan for some unknown reason. I think actually Sonic was always more popular in the West. Yeah, um, that whole that I whole thing really blows my mind. Maybe they're just maybe it's just that they consider the, the Western markets much more important to crack in time for Christmas. I guess in the Microsoft have never had that good traction in Japan, have they? 
I don't know if it's changed no. with the 360, but they've never they never really cracked it up to that point. I'm wondering if maybe they're thinking, well, the Xbox One, even if it does take out a bite out of us elsewhere, it's not really going to impact us in Japan. So there's no point trying to compete on launch date with it. Uh, th- I think that if if maybe not if not right on the money, that is logical and probably part of Sony's reasoning for this because it's, yeah. the the Xbox 360 uh, was not a big hit in Japan. It was a distant third in that market. Even and yeah. the sales of the 360 seemed to go along with sales of big deal Japanese games. Like I remember that people were writing articles. Oh, the 360 sales spiked because Blue Dragon came out. Yeah. Yeah, but other than that, there was not yeah. a whole lot of 360 support in Japan. As yeah, I wouldn't be compared a, to the other two. I wouldn't be at all surprised if that's what they're going for. Not so much the fact that they're they're less worried about Japan, but the fact that they know they're going to have, even with the negative publicity, a fight on their hands with the Xbox One. So by by not they kind, I think they appreciate that by launching the PS3 late, that they lost ground that they could never get back. And so by trying to focus on, you know, getting out there early against the Xbox One in the West, they'll maybe be able to, you know, have more a, a better fight in those markets. And then Japan, they don't have to worry so much about losing that initial ground. Yeah, I'd say you hit that absolutely on the head. You know, if the home country is no longer where the money is, I mean... Toyota builds a whole lot of cars over here in the States now. <laughs> it's really just I don't think they have as much to defend over there. It's not that they're neglecting it. They just don't feel like they'll lose anything by being a bit later on it compared to the West. I, but, um, I, th- I think they feel probably correctly that the people they're ticking off now will still line up and buy one yeah, in a few months. exactly. That's what it boils down to. Well, alright, I guess uh, that's enough Sony talk. You can probably find more fine details like all those game announcements on uh, like an aggregate game news site if you are really interested in it but the other or con if we ever write news again right oh man what, when was the last time I wrote a I wrote a news article That's a, this you, you, want, you want to open that door son because no, I will look it up right now um, not, you know it's cool it's lately. not that I have the tools tiger <laughs> well uh, <laughs> Hey, you want to segue into the next topic? Sure, sure. Uh, A couple, um, I guess a week and a half or two weeks before the Sony announcement, Nintendo had a bit of a mini-announcement too. The, I swear it sounds like an Onion article, the Nintendo 2DS, which is basically, uh, which plays 3DS games, but does not have 3D, uh, 3D functionality. Or and it's also not in the clamshell shape. It's a, it doesn't have a hinge. It's a solid block. Almost like uh, uh, the first run of the Game Boy Advance with uh, two screens, or actually it's one screen just separated by a barrier. It's probably to save production costs, and it's going to be cheap. It's it only cost one hundred and thirty dollars in the United States. Uh, yeah, I'm. And, oh, and it comes out on I think it's November. It's uh, it's the same day that Pokemon X and Pokemon Y come out. Of course. Yeah, it so is. it's it is it is transparently a 3DS model aimed. Uh, a budget 3DS skew, I guess, aimed at small children and to be a Pokemon Christmas machine. <laughs> that is 100% you what it is. Uh, you know, Nintendo can't do much with their consoles nowadays, but <laughs> you can't say they're not clever <laughs> yeah. well, uh, when it comes to the handheld market. The 3DS isn't doing half bad on its own, but um, 
there's concerns about like uh, children with developing uh, senses and brains might uh, be able to do permanent damage if they perceive in too much 3D media. There's some of that might be you know uh, people. Saying this guy. Yeah, is the falling. last thing I need to worry about is my child's cognitive development. <laughs> okay, uh, I'm sitting here watching her right now, and I think she's got enough strikes against her already. <laughs> I feel like I do permanent damage to my brain every time I try and look at the damn thing in three. <laughs> yeah, no, it is, <laughs> it is hideous. Of, the idea of a cheaper version of the 3DS without the worst feature that no doubt makes it <laughs> far too expensive is not all that um, offensive. It just kind of. It's the fact it looks like a door wedge. Really <laughs> it does. It so does. That, that's, that's a comparison, yeah. <laughs> handheld consoles I have a hard time with because my hands are too big and I just find them really crampy and uncomfortable. But this looks just even worse. Well, you can just wait for the uh, 2DS XL, which will be <laughs> roughly the size of your uh, 1080p monitor. Oh, God. No. <laughs> to be perfectly honest, I think the thing looks like a disaster because I think that the, you know, the... The, cl- the clamshell design that has its lineage with the Game Boy Advance SP, I think that design is a very is very sharp, and the old DSs and DS lights look great. And so it's well, a sensible design for a co- for a portable console, anyway, because the fact that you cover up ostensibly the most fragile part of it, yeah. the LCDs, as soon as you shut it to travel with it, and the fact that you then open it up and it's bigger, and you can make use of the extra functionality. Yeah, I mean, so, for me, the lack yeah. of 3D is a blooming selling point. I, I've got two things here. Uh, one, February 18th, 2013. What happened then? What happened then? That was when you posted news. Oh, oh, God. <laughs> uh, I was only 26 oh, this then. Is, this, is one of those, this is one of those ones. I wish we had Jav here. I'd, I'd what was the post poetry. about? Um... PS Vita receives price drop. Oh, Final Fantasy X HD still exists. That's okay, okay. Want, me, want me to do basically the exact same thing except about a new PS Vita design? Go nuts! You're not doing anything tonight. Okay, I'll, I'll do that um, later tonight or tomorrow. <laughs> you liar! Uh, liar! <laughs> what? Laz, can you tell me what a 3DS goes for here in the States nowadays? Uh, I believe it's 180 or 150 Okay, see. Boy, that makes the 2DS kind of a tough sell if it's coming in at 130 I mean, if... Yeah, it's 100, I, 180 is what it normally is. Yeah, oh, I, 50 bucks. I, I mean, I, I would pay a good I 30 over what the 2DS is asking if it was a clamshell. Mm-hmm. But then when you, you know, assuming that they could do a clamshell and give it a price point that's, say, 150 and that sounds pretty good until you know that the 3DS, which you could just play with the 3D Switch off, is only 30 bucks more. I, I mean, if that's the lowest price point they could get for that, that seems like it's going to be problematic. I, I don't know anything about, you know, what the components or the, co- the cost component of making a 2DS or 3DS but it, yeah, it's sure. uh, it, it's it has to do with the 3D and also having a single screen rather than a rather than two screens. Yeah. But yep, I and mean, everything else should be, you know, you would assume functionally identical. The the switches, uh the motherboard, all of that stuff would be would have to be pretty much the same. Uh maybe they lose a little bit of graphics processing 
because they don't have to actually try to process the 3D part, right. and then it becomes, you know, all just bitmappy 2D stuff again. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I don't know enough about how it have, works. I suspect they could have a significant decrease in graphical power just because you've got a kind of yeah, more or less got to double render a lot of stuff. For but I mean, 3D as I understand. I, if if you do if you do a clamshell of that at 130, I'm actually interested. Just so I could play Animal Crossing. Now that uh, seems hilarious. That, it just that, looks so uh, hideous. That's the problem. That that well, theoretical skew of a clamshell, you know, hinge 2DS is appealing to me. But it, what the, this is not aimed at us. This is aimed at parents of small children whose mm-hmm. small children want to play Pokemon. Yeah, it does look like a kid's toy, and frankly, I I kind of like the way it looks. I just wouldn't want to use one it looks, that looks it like. It looks that. like a big dumb brick. I, I think it's got a cool kind of like kind of kitty, but kind of um, you know kind of simple design language, and I I like it. No, but I don't think it wrong. works as a handheld. You're wrong to like it. Everything if, about if it, was, <laughs> if it was smaller Friggin- or if it was hinged, I would like it much better. But it is terrible. It just looks big and stupid. It looks like it. It, it looks like if you made a Tiger Electronics game about triple the size. Yeah, if you look at it, if you look at like a render of it straight from the front, and you can't see the sides at all, and you imagine it could fold in the middle, maybe, then maybe that would be okay. Then you've just you defined see, a 3ds. It, well, yeah, but it's a bit more <laughs> rounded, is all. But then you just look at the side thing with like the the wedge side, and it's just terrible. It's hideous. That. I mean, I'm no big fan of a lot of modern design, but a lot of it's acceptable, and that just isn't. That's just horrific. I have nothing good to say about that design, in case you hadn't surmised that by now. I wanted to ask you a question. You mentioned Fantasy Star before. Right. um, Which I played, like, about half of Fantasy Star 4 once, and it was kind of okay, apart from... Fantasy Star 4 is the one that everyone seems to like from the... uh, from the yeah uh, Master the, System Genesis era, it was on the Mega Drive, and the um the, the the spell names were kind of unintelligible, and I couldn't quite work out what it was doing. But other than that, it was a good time. So I'm wondering if we're actually talking about uh, PSO, or are we talking about uh, an old-fashioned um, twiddly RPG? Uh, it's it's not clear right now. I mean, I'm not a Fantasy Star expert, but it has sort of multiple lineages. It has that orig- those original four P- Fantasy Star games. Then I think in the Dream, starting with the Dreamcast era, moving into the GameCube PS2 era, there were Fantasy Star Online, Fantasy Star Universe, Fantasy Star Portable on the PS3, fi- yeah. on the PSP, Fantasy Star Zero on the NDS. That were all more in that MMO flavor that you yeah. uh, alluded to. This one is called Fantasy Star Nova. And remark, I think I think it might be sort of in between those, using like some of the design elements of the online ones, but uh, only pl- only local multiplayer because it's um, mm-hmm. it's de- it's developed by TriAce who of um, of Star Ocean and Valkyrie profile oh. thing. And those guys, those guys generally make traditional RPGs. Could be good. Yeah. The um, obviously the the well known con joke from Fantasy Star is Hobo Glue, which was my um, attempt to characterize the kind of spell names in Fantasy Star Four. <laughs> I think probably the reason Fantasy Star Four is um, held in higher esteem as much as anything is just because 
the, the Mega Drive for Genesis was the kind of closest Sega got to breaking America in a way, wasn't it? I got the feeling the Master System didn't really compete all that well with the NES, much as it kind of did in Europe. I've got to assume that uh, Fantasy Star Nova is going to show up a little bit more at TGS oh, yeah. since yeah. it was in Sony's you know pre-TGS presser. What a so, segue. I know, right? It's almost like we planned that. Um, so what else is going to happen at TGS? Well, definitely a lot of PS4 and Xbox One stuff. I, I don't think... that Does the Xbox One even have an official release date yet? I'm not... I don't even know. It's it was announced to be November twenty second, which is a week after the PS four, and that um, but it's the same date as the three hundred and sixty launch uh, eight years ago, which is interesting. So uh, yeah, there's ten dollars short. So, Sony's gonna have a pretty big sack to rock up to TGS and be like, check out all these awesome PS four games that are coming out, except for not here. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, maybe because if they announce something now, it probably wouldn't be a launch title. Because, I mean, the launch is November, <laughs> and maybe maybe yeah. they could be re- announcing additional Japanese launch titles for the PS4 when it comes out in February. Yes. that will then release the same day as they do in the U.S. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I guess it could be from Sony, it could be from Nintendo, it could be from anyone. Does, are there any particular TGS games that you think uh, that you hope to see shown off, either new announcements or games we know about that you just want to see more of? I'm trying to find a nice little list of what's expected so I can um, give myself a leg up. Well, um, I, the one that immediately jumps to mind for me is Final Fantasy XV because it had a really snazzy trailer and some gameplay bits at E3, but I, I, I'm sure Final Fantasy fans and RPG fans in general would love to see more. Right? <laughs> or are dreading seeing more. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I the thought, ga- I thought the, the games only get more polarized. Yeah, but so. um, I, th- I thought the trailer showed promise, even though it's uh, yeah, yeah. We talked so... a bit about the idea that it's kind of maybe, unless it was all just an elaborate cutscene or kind of um, quick time event type ruse. Maybe they're actually going for some interactive gameplay, which would I be mean, a first for an alleged s- Final Fantasy game. We saw menus. Eh. We saw combat menus in some of the gameplay stuff from several a few months ago. So I think, if not all of it, some of it was real gameplay, and I would love to see more real gameplay. Anyway, yeah, anyway there's uh, two other games that are not Square, Square Enix games that I really hope to see at TGS. One of them is the you know the Sony Prodigal Son, The Last Guardian, the that uh, Fumito Ueda game that's. That is the follow-up to Eco and Shadow of the Colossus. Yeah. They've been teasing that played. every year for like five years. Yeah, and I still haven't played Shadow of the Colossus, but I really I enjoyed Eco, albeit um... Shadow of the Colossus is absolutely one of the best PlayStation Two games. It it is <clears> very very good. I played it for the first time uh, just two years ago, and I had a great time with it. And that's pretty much how long it's been since that uh, sequel was announced. Shadow of the Colossus was a PS2 game. Yeah. The PS3 has come oh, and it almost gone came now. Came out <laughs> years ago. Yeah. The funny thing with Shadow of the Colossus was it seemed like it didn't actually get all that well reviewed when it got launched, did it? I, I, like I, I thought disappointed with it, and then I it sort I, of. I don't remember what the zeitgeist for it was in 2004, or 2005, whenever it came out, but. It's it's really at least in hindsight it's been really acclaimed. It had uh, oh yeah a, absolutely it had an it's HD re-release 
two years ago. That's how right. I played it. It just seems like it's one of those things, a bit like films like Fight Club, that kind of they came out in the cinema and oh, nobody cared. But yeah. Then afterwards, people started kind of appreciating it a bit more. Maybe. It seems like it's been one of those kind of. Um, I just seem to remember there was some slight kind of uh, people weren't quite sure what to make of it to begin with. And Ico was great. I, I enjoyed that. It was slightly marred by the fact I, I played it when I was I, really. I don't know, man. I mean, just just I looking at. Uh, just looking at the giant list of ratings on Metacritic, it, everything seems to be in the you know nine out of ten range. And the other the other game I hope we see is a game that we know exists, but that basically that's it is uh, Persona Five. We've known about it since 2011, 10 or 2011. It had a, a Persona Five dot tra- uh, website was um, was shown off in I think June of this year. And it, I, I, I want to play more Persona. That's it. And I don't want to have to buy a Vita and play P4 Golden. So, no, what you want to buy is a Vita yes, TV. And then, I want to buy, then and then wait for it. To yeah, do. I want to buy a Vita TV, then buy <laughs> P4G for $35 or whatever, and then play that. That's exactly what I want to do. I say that, that without irony. That sounds pretty reasonable. Right? <laughs> well, and I also want to play East 4 now. Hey. <laughs> yes. Yes. So, uh... Is there going to be anything okay. about um, Metal no, Gear Solid? Oh, I'm, Phantom Pain? I'm kind of uh, tangentially yeah. interested in these days. In, okay, Metal Gear Solid 5 Phantom Pain. You know, probably. That's that's a logical addition. We can see what other allies, scantily clad allies, that <laughs> Solid Snake has. Yes, there was a bit of controversy about that this week, wasn't there? Was, um, well, for, the for a game that presumes to be so military, she wasn't exactly dressed in a military fashion. Yeah. Well, this is the thing, I mean... Oh, yeah, because Sniper Wolf always was. Uh, it's it's not so much a real kind of military thing as just kind of boys' fantasy. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm, I don't... Solid, really, isn't it? But I think if you look at it in the sense of one of the sort of earlier kind of Roger Moore-type James Bond films as a sort of slightly eccentric, campy hero-type adventure... It works out pretty well. I'm interested in kind of what they've... It sounds like they're doing this in a kind of slightly open-world-ish manner for Five, which is kind of intriguing. Is it, would this one be a, sort of an open-world open, open world battlefield or an open-world sort of facility? It, from what I've heard, you kind of... You have a whole kind of day-night thing. You don't have a... You don't follow tasks in order from A to B. You have a kind of big open area and you have stuff you've got to do and you can go here or here at whatever time you want and accomplish mm. bits and pieces. So it, how that exactly is going to work, I don't know whether it's actually separate areas or whether it's you know linked by a map or whether it's a GTA style, you know, full open world. If it's, if it's going open world, I'm generally kind of a fan of open world stuff. So it might work out for me. That might be worth a look. Just seems wrong without David Hayter, though. Although his voice did, <laughs> was getting increasingly wrong. We've got very up. long now. All right. Well, I guess we ought to close up then. We had we had a yeah. decent talk. Ooh. Well, well, to wrap up today, um, I think we should uh, throw out a new option for our many, many, many listeners, and that is the uh, Comcast mailbag. Mini, uh, mini, if you've got something listeners. that you want to ask us. 
or if you've got something that uh, you want us to talk about in a future episode, or if you want to beg to be on one of these, because really, who wouldn't want to be on one of these? <laughs> um, shoot us an email at concast at cavesofnarsh.com, and uh, if, you know, we like you, we'll actually act on it in some way. If you're an attractive girl and you think I'm really funny and excellent, then just you should tell us that as well. Just you think I'm funny and excellent? You don't even have to be attractive. (laughs) (laughs) Perfect. You just need to like manholes. Alright, guys. uh, Good night. Thank you very much for uh, being the two that were able to show up. Wait, did you give me the address? I wasn't listening. Yes, I did. Concast at cavesofnarsh.com Now you've got it again. Yes, and I'll probably say it again over the outro. Good. Bye. That'll do it for Lucky Episode 13 of the Concast. Thanks again for listening. Don't forget that you can now email us at concast at cavesofnarsh.com to contribute or offer up anything you might have to say about the Concast. You can also see us at all the old ways, too. The Con Forums, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, Twitch. You know the drill by now. Thanks a lot for listening, and talk to you again soon.